Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for gathering us into your house, into your presence, to receive of your word and your gifts. We pray that you move by your Spirit. Remove distractions from our hearts and minds, and let us rest in the unity that you have given us in Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So, it's always interesting when our text starts off with so. Have you ever talked to anybody who that's how they start their sentences? So, so, so what? What do you want to say? What is this connecting to, right? I mean, anytime you start with so or therefore, any of these phrases, there's something that's gone on before. And as you remember, uh, we have been walking through a sermon series, as you see up on the screen, in Philippians. And so, there's been quite a bit before, actually, as we have heard of the gospel spreading while Paul is in jail in Rome writing to the Philippians, and he's so thankful for all that God has done to gather them and hold on to them and work through them and give a mindset of peace and wholeness and unity and service and love and affection and all these things, and it completes it fills up, it, it absolutely runs over in Paul this joy that God has brought to him through the Philippians. And as he writes to them and he says, look, it's beautiful what you got going on, but know that there's also suffering in life. As you know, I sit here in jail, and yet even in jail in the midst of this suffering, it's for the good of the gospel because I get to speak to people that would never have actually heard this good word. So, now, what's it look like to live life in the gospel not in suffering? What's it look like to have the form of a servant? So as we look at this text that's given to us today, I need you to imagine something because I really um, like food. And so I need you to imagine this text as a little piece of food. Actually, not a little piece, a big piece. I really like sandwiches, all right? Sandwiches are a beautiful, wonderful creation that came about quite some time ago, and uh, it was the Earl of Sandwich that was tired of using a fork and a knife and eating while he was playing cards, and so he had his servants put two pieces of bread around the meat so he could hold on to it and keep playing cards. At least that's the history I remember. If you all Google that and try and figure it out, I will probably be wrong, but you won't know right now. So... That's the history I remember on that one. This sandwich, and one of the best sandwiches I ever came across was with my dad. We were in St. Louis, and we went to Carl's Deli just outside the seminary, and they make a pastrami sandwich. Oh, it is so good. It's about this much pastrami, and then you get rye bread on the top and bottom, but that rye bread, oh, it's perfect. And it holds it all together, and it's a little crusty, and so it soaks up all the beautiful wonderfulness of the pastrami, because it's a hot pastrami sandwich, not a cold one. The cold ones, come on. But the hot ones, you get a little bit of sauerkraut in there and a little bit of mustard. They are good. But that meat that's in there, if you didn't have the bread, you couldn't really do anything with it. I mean, didn't eat it piece by piece, I guess. But with the bread, it all holds together. It gives you something to hold on to, and this text is like that. I don't know if you heard it in there, but the very beginning of the text, there's this beautiful foundation of Christ. In fact, it starts about four verses earlier in 127, but there's this beautiful focus on Jesus. And then Paul says, so, if there's anything good 
in him, if there's any affection in Christ, if there's any love, if there's anything beneficial, have this mindset among you. This is where he gets into the meat. This meat in the middle that we've got to sit with for a little while. Because afterwards, there's another beautiful end of the sandwich with Christ. But this peace in the middle, this mindset that he calls us to, is an interesting mindset to try to wrap our heads around. He's saying there's so much beautifulness in Jesus. There's so much wonderfulness. In fact, he has saved you from your sins. He has made you who you are as a new creation. He has redeemed you. He has loved you. He has done everything for you. So have this mindset among you, a mindset of unity, a mindset of oneness together, a mindset of thinking of the other more significant than yourself. Let's pause there for a second. As you think back through the years and think through all of the messages of our culture, all the messages outside of Christianity, in fact, even sometimes within the church, we've heard it too, but how many times you are called to focus on self? There was the self-esteem era, there was the self-confidence era, there was the self-worth era, there is now currently kind of a thought of self-love era. All these words that focus you into you, that's not found once in Scripture. Nowhere. Nowhere does God call you to say, you know what, you think about yourself before others, you take care of yourself before others, you just focus in on you and don't worry about the world around They're going to be fine. You do you is nowhere in Scripture. Not one bit. Now, there is a call to unity. There's a call to walking through life together. There's a call for caring for one another. In fact, as you listen to all the words of Jesus and all of the Gospels and everywhere else, as he summarizes the Old Testament, as he summarizes Deuteronomy and the Ten Commandments and everything else, what's he say? Even when he asks folks, right, how do you know the law? And they say, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and... Love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus ups it, sitting there after washing the disciples' feet, after he's fed them, told them that he would be with them, changed a whole feast and shown them that it was focused in on him who was going to die for sins and rise again, that it was him who was the fulfillment of prophecy, that it was him who took on the form of a servant and came into care for humanity, said, now, love the Lord your God with all that's in you, and love your neighbor as I have loved you. That's a big call. Can you imagine loving your neighbor at every moment as Jesus has loved you? Absolutely not thinking about self at all. Solely thinking about the good of the person next to you. Solely thinking about what is going to be beneficial for them. Solely thinking about how they can be lifted up and encouraged. How they can be shown the affection of Christ. How they can be shown the love of God. How they can be pointed back to this Savior who has died for our sins and risen for our justification and made us right before the Father. 
If that doesn't bring you joy, come talk to me in the middle of the week. You'll be smiling by the time you are done because nothing in life is going to bring you the joy that God brings you in Christ. Nothing is going to bring you the fullness that God brings you in Christ. Why is that? Well, I know how much attention you pay to it, but Jesus, the very Son of God from all eternity, the one who was there at creation, the one who is the word spoken over the waters and the word spoken over the land and the word spoken so that all things would be very good, the very word and breath that was breathed into Adam's nostrils, the very word and breath that gave Eve life, the very one that sustains it and maintains it and does all those things, came to look like you. He didn't in the beginning. This name above all names, this one who is Lord over all creation, this King of kings and Lord of lords, this one who is a heavenly son, said, yeah, Dad, I'll go do your will. Absolutely, Father. I'll be your servant. I will glorify you in all things. And I'll show your love to your creation. Jesus didn't take on the image of an angel to redeem the angels. He didn't take on the image of an elephant to redeem the elephants. He took on your image. The Lord of all heaven and earth took on the position of a servant in your form so that you would know what love looks like. So that you would know all things are done for you before the Father. All things are complete and filled up for you by Jesus before the Father. So that your joy would be complete. So that you would know where you stand as a child of God. So that you would absolutely know that you're loved. So, have this mindset among you. To live together as one. One family gathered together before the Father on account of Christ. One gathering of people that God says, I love you and have forgiven you. One people shown the ultimate of all love. That's the meat of this. The piece that we get to sink our teeth into is the fact that God calls us absolutely to unity. Now, it's hard to see a lot of times. I mean, we look within the church and we see division. We look within wider Christianity, we hear division. We look at all the things that are there and there's division. And there will be until the day that Christ comes back. Because none of us are perfect. None of us have a full understanding. None of us have a complete understanding of this mindset that Paul is talking about. Yet, because of what God does in us by His Spirit to recreate us after His own image and not leave us in our corrupted humanity, but recreate us with hearts that are more like Christ's humanity, we start to see more and more what it looks like to live for the other instead of living for self. We see a God who has died for us and 
risen for us. What a beautiful vision to see. But Christ isn't just an example so that you can then go do it and make yourself right before God. No, he's done it for you. So that you are free to go think of your neighbor. So that you are free to not worry about your own self. And you are able to look at others as more significant than yourself. Now, in this very moment, Paul's writing to this church at Philippi about the Christian brothers and sisters gathering together within the church. There's other moments where he sends them out to do the same thing with the world around, but even in this one moment, look how much he's focusing them in on one another to say, look, of all places, this is where we should see unity. Of all places, when we're gathered together into the presence of God, this is where we should see taking care of each other. Of all places within this family, this is where we should hear from one another when someone's been gone for a while or back. You should have full confidence, not in yourself or your abilities, but in what God has done for you so that you then have confidence to reach out to those who also need to hear that word. Because I can guarantee all of you, like myself, need that same encouragement. Because more often than not, we can start to get into our own minds and separate ourselves from all the good things that God has for us here or all the good things that God has for us in life together in the middle of the week. And we can start to make excuses and make these reasons why we don't really need to go or be part of or do. Yet, the moment you find yourself in the middle of the gathering of God's family, it's so much easier to smile. It's so much easier to feel filled up. Because God works through each and every one of you for the person sitting next to you or in front of you or behind you, or even the people that are in normally in the spots in the pews that you don't see right now, and we start to wonder, I wonder where they're at. Give them a call. They need your voice. They need God's word coming into their ears from your voice. They need to know the love that God has given to them through you by Christ, right? This mindset of affection and love, not enabling all the sins and washing them away, but knowing what God has done to forgive our sins by the Son dying and rising so that we would be counted as His family, gathered by His Spirit to rest in the promises of His Son and then sent out to care for one another. That's the form of a servant, to do the Father's will, And then this end of this text is this beautiful hymn. It may not quite look like it on the paper or when we just read it, but the form of it is this beautiful hymnody that focuses them right back in on Jesus, the last slice of this bread of the sandwich that holds it all together. Christ, the one who is there, who was before all things and took on the form of a servant, made in the likeness of man so that we would know what God's love looks like. And you do know what that love looks like. You hear it every time you're here. You hear it in the middle of the week. You study it in God's Word. You know that God has done all things for you so that you would be made right before the Father. 
you are forgiven. You rest in that affection and love of the Father. You have a new heart created within you that is not self-focused but other-focused. God has done that in you. We fight it from time to time, but it doesn't change the fact that God has changed you so that you don't need to worry about you. You can think of others and smile because God works through them for you also, which is always amazing to think of. This family gathered together to care for one another in the way that God has forgiven us in Christ and then shown us his love to do his will, his bidding, because on our own, none of us wants to do what somebody else tells us to do. Rarely, anyway. Yet the form of a servant, we see a heavenly son doing the will of his heavenly father for a broken and messed up humanity, corrupted in sin, to restore them so that they would have hearts that are one with the father, as Christ is one with the father. And that's who God has made you to be. As much as you may not like the title servant, man, it's joyful to serve. It's joyful to take care of folks because you get to see them experience love in a way that they may not in any other way. And that kind of love, oh, that comes from God alone. And that's what he's done in you, in Christ. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done for us through your Son, that you have called us to be servants. Yet servants that serve with joy, knowing that we are forgiven by you, that we are loved by you, that we pray that by your spirit, Lord, you would change our mindsets to focus on others as more significant than ourselves and to strengthen our hearts to rest in the promises that you have given us as you have made us one with you in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.